This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put it. Oh, he's the Welcome to the Republic of Football midweek preview edition. Probably should come up with better titles for these two, ep- uh, two episodes that we do a week. Uh, but regardless, I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson. How did Johnson. you mess that up already? What? That. The logo behind I us. fixed it because you... What do you mean? I fixed it earlier. What's happening? Because... No. It's like all small. Went to the bathroom the black ring with like it. two oh. seconds left, and oh then I Hold fixed on. it, and then it's now. Hold it's on, as I take care of this behind the scene. There, see, happy. All right, see, there you go. People, That's so much better. People watching are like, or listening are like, what the heck is going on? That okay. was gonna freak me out, honestly, if we didn't change it. Fair I'm enough. OCD, so it was. All right, mess me so out. anyway, now that I've taken care of the background screen, uh, I'm <laughs> the host, the college editor here at Texas Football, Shmel Johnson, alongside Carter Yates and Mallory oh Hartley. Gosh. How you guys doing? That angle is terrible. Look at the, all right. That's well, look, bad. listen, listen. Uh, that's Sorry. I only take care of what's on the screen behind me. All right. So that's we've had a rough start. Look, okay, <laughs> we've got a black <laughs> ring around our logo. Camera angle's a little off. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little butt hurt right now. <laughs> I kind of sprained my tailbone uh, earlier. But Oof. look, it's it's week eight. Everyone's playing everyone's, injured. Everyone's playing hurt. Everyone's playing hurt. I'm podcasting hurt. Yeah. You know, we're gonna gut it out today. Right. Exactly. Right. So and. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to – I mean, look, there's not much to talk about other than the games. I'll say this. Uh, as Mallory gets up to fix the camera. Um, <laughs> no, this is what people sign up for, okay? She's signaling me to not mention that. But we break the fourth wall. We bring the audience in. Also, um, your black screen kind of fell a little also bit. Also, the black too. screen in your background kind of fell down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's off the rails right now. Um, anyway, uh, this is what I like to call kind of the week of uh, when or we stop caring. Because it's kind of like, I don't want to say win necessarily, like w- absolutely win, but at least show us what you got or we can just really start. That's so true. Just not, just just putting teams to we've bed. We've had, I think there's, correct me if I'm wrong, there's about three teams who we've put to bed already. There's a yeah. lot in the middle of the power pool, though, where it's like. Well, so, so there's three, I mean, not really, oh, no, I'll say two teams. No, three. Yeah, you're right, three. I, I was. Who, who I'm are assuming, those teams? I'm assuming you think Sam, UTEP, and Baylor. Yes. No, actually, I don't know. Well, I was Baylor say, getting interesting now after that win for Cincinnati. Is it? Uh, <laughs> it's not really getting that interesting, but the Iowa State game, this is this is win or we stop caring. Here's Baylor. the thing. Here's the thing. We've put two teams to bed, but two teams play each other. So then, there, therefore, there's intrigue in that, right? Two teams played each other tonight, I should hint. Yeah, the two teams who we've kind of put to bed are playing each other tonight on a Wednesday night Conference USA action, and whoever Conference loses USA after dark, and whoever loses that game, yes, is just like yes, yes, yes. Into eight, the eight, basement eight, eight of feet the, under, eight, eight feet, feet under, under not six ground. feet under, eight feet under. Uh, yeah, so I would say you know this is definitely the 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 week where you gotta gotta play, you gotta earn kind of our because we like to preview every team. But obviously, the certain more important games, more meaningful games, get most of our discussion. You got to kind of play your way into the discussion from here on out, 
right? If you're getting blown out 53 to nothing, it's like, mm. okay, we're not we, – we're going to care less about the next week. There's no more free press 100%, on this show. 100%. So, we'll – we still will preview. Don't get us wrong. We will preview every single game this week. In uh, particular because, again, two teams do play each other tonight that I'm very intrigued – legitimately very intrigued by. Uh, that we'll get to in our games of the week. But this is kind of the, the play your way on uh, uh, episode. So, before we get into that, though, Mallory, do you have the power poll for this week? We sure do. Okay, so some movement, some movement. Um, of course, the top stayed, the very top stayed the same, Texas. So let me just roll it off. Texas, SMU, Texas State, Texas A&M, UTSA, Rice, TCU, Houston, Texas Tech, Baylor, North Texas, UTEP, and Sam Houston. I mentioned the bottom two teams play each other tonight. That is one of our games of the week we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, Texas holds on uh, to the top spot after holding on against Houston. SMU did a little bit of a vault because they kind of do have the momentum. Texas State was idle. And I don't – I mean, again, I don't have an issue with that. Like, SMU did look like – they've looked like the better team on the field. Obviously, the, the power pole is like pound for pound kind of thing. But it does not surprise me that one of more SMU's most impressive victories kind of lended itself to pushing them into that two slot. A&M, of course, was idle as well. So, Texas State and A&M kind of keep their slots. And then UTSA kind of working their way up after kind of finding their groove in conference. Here's kind of how I look at this power pool. The yeah. top three – okay, four of the top five teams yeah. have a chance to win their conference. That is Texas, SMU, Texas State, UTSA. Yes. Texas A&M, I will get to them in a second. Right. We are very close, like one loss away from the top of our power pool not having any national implications. Yep. If Texas has one more loss, they – one, probably don't even get to the Big 12, but two, they are for sure out of the college football playoff. Yes. SMU has two losses, so they're out of the CFP, but very much in alive for New Year's Six Bowl. Texas State has a conference championship they're trying to contend for. Mm-hmm. A&M at number four might have the worst vibes of a number four <laughs> team in our power pool mm-hmm. of all time. Because That's very true. you go from four... UTSA is contending, but six through nine are like floating in purgatory of they are just fighting for bowl seating right now. Right. So we're in a precarious situation on this (laughs) podcast. Yes. We are any given week away from none of these teams having any national implications. And that is kind of a nerve wracking spot to be in. No, 100% it is. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah, it is kind of weird how, honestly, I mean, we'll get to the games this week. This week could just – you mentioned any week. This week in particular, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, every one of these teams, except for maybe – except for SMU, I would say every one of these teams are kind of playing on their heels. SMU is going to breeze this week. Yes, we'll S- yeah, we'll get to it. But SMU is going to breeze. and m should breeze. But by the nature of <laughs> by know. the nature of their vibes, uh, yeah. we're not necessarily. We kind of still have them on their heels, right? Mm-hmm. We're kind of like it's kind of like a don't mess up type of thing, right? And and Texas, Texas State for us ish, we're vulnerable, vulnerable, this week. very vulnerable. So yes, you got uh, a big game, you know. Texas doesn't have a quarterback, yeah. So it's all of it. there's there's shakiness everywhere except for maybe on the hilltop um, in the top five. So. With that being said, I mean, I mentioned it. Let's just get right to the games. There wasn't many, weren't many headlines, or at least if there were, they kind of coincide with the games that we're going to be watching. So, you know, we'll talk about Quinn Ewers. We'll talk about all that situation as well when we get to that game. But let's start off with our Games of the Week segment. Mallory, where are we starting first? 
Let's start with the uh, the Finding Schmales, shall we? Oh, God. All right. <laughs> this Saturday, Texas State hosting Troy yeah. at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Troy coming in as five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 51-and-a-half. Schmale. Yep. What? How are your nerves right now? This is this game could potentially determine the West champion, correct? Yes, it could. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, Louisiana lost last week to Georgia State. Um, so that knocks them out of. I believe that put Troy. Let me see. I have the standings right here. Yes, that puts them with two losses on this on the in conference now. South Alabama, who's also really good. Troy and Texas State. They all play each other, right? So this will sort itself out. But course Texas State and Troy is the first matchup I believe of these three teams so this will immediately put somebody in the driver's seat let me see South Alabama has Texas State at the end of the year and they have Troy in November so then so next week so this is going to get sorted out like in the next two weeks right. more or less potentially uh at the end of the year if it needs to be between Texas State and U- uh, USA this is I mean no joke this is probably the biggest game in 20 years since Texas State last made the FCS playoff um <laughs> It's crazy. They're on the verge of bowl eligibility. Of course, they're at five and two, and it's homecoming. Shout out uh, Throwback Day. Yeah, can uh, you explain that sweatshirt actually before that is we even really get nice. to the game? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I want to, I want to know nice what sweatshirt. the SWT means. Oh, you, so Southwest Texas. Um, okay. oh, that's right. You're young. It's oh god, people, young people <laughs> on this show. Okay, so <laughs> before Texas State uh, became Texas State in 2000, there's some SWT fans yelling at me right now. Um, early 2000s. Or mid 2000s, I can't remember. Oh, uh, there was Texas. There was Southwest Texas versus Texas State. <laughs> I was about to say he definitely did not know about it. No. Um, there became a name change from Southwest Texas State to Texas State University. Mm-hmm. Part of it was branding. There was, you know, Southwest Texas State was kind of known as a party school, and like it was like, oh, that's where you go if you don't want to do any work and all that. Is and that so, why you went there? Yes, 100%. No. Um, <laughs> but there was a reputation with it. And a lot of it came from, like, state funding and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So t- Texas State is much more branding better than Southwest Texas State. Um, right. And so – but, of course, Bobcats, they were always the Bobcats. They won the national title as Southwest Texas State um, under under Jim Wacker. But for the longest time, until about three, four years ago, they stayed away. When they changed to Texas State, they changed all branding and acknowledged nothing to do with Southwest Texas. Right. Wow. Part of it was to do to establish Tech State as an identity because they can't. The logic was you can't hold into the past if we're trying to establish something new, mm-hmm. but that alienated a lot of the fan base that still loved Southwest Texas. They're right? kind of treating it like the drunk uncle, right? That, a like little bit. It, it's cool. basically <laughs> be if UTEP was like we're never Texas Western, which mm-hmm. is insane, right? Like national title in basketball, like you, you, they're the same. Texas Western and UTEP are the same thing. And that's what a lot of people uh, who ended up graduating from Texas State wanted to acknowledge about the past, saying, "We're that's part of us, right?" And a lot of people stopped acknowledging Texas State, like a lot of old alumni, out of anger. And so, new administration comes in, or kind of the outgoing administration finally lets up. And then a couple years ago, they have their first ever throwback game where they wore Southwest Texas jerseys and all that. And so, uh, this past year, I believe this earlier this week, actually. President Kelly Danfuss and Don Coriel announced that every homecoming game will now be throwback day. And oh, so, that's nice. And that's so, cool. Uh, and so, yeah. So you'll see. So now the university is selling, and they've started to sell Southwest Texas merch again. So it's a long-winded story of uh, kind of a little bit of a history there. But yes, it's finally. It's you know they're 10, 10 plus years of now being Texas State, or twenty years of being Texas State, 
and 10 plus years of being in the FBS, now it's like, okay, we have enough of a brand that nobody's going to be like, Southwest Texas, what's that? Or Texas State. You know, it's, it's, you're comfortable acknowledging your past and having other branding outside of just your primary university. So is this the biggest game as Texas State? Yes. No, no, hundred percent. Yes, I mean the stakes like, are clear again. So you have you. Ha- I don't want to disrespect the playoff teams and all that. Like obviously the set, the semifinal game that they ended up losing was the most important game, probably as probably as Texas State um, under with David Bailiff. But I mean Troy is really good. Their only big loss this. I mean their only losses are Kansas State. And they lost a really close game to James Madison, who looks like the best group of five team in the country. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they lost 16 to 14. So, again, I can't even get to, like, on the field stuff because so much off the field, like, means a lot. I do think that this is going to be strength versus strength versus strength of Troy on offense, which is their passing offense, versus the weakness of Tech State, which is their secondary, um, which is going to potentially be really bad. And it also does not help that Tech State or Troy's defense, both in the run and the pass, are both really, really sound. Troy's defense has given up 10 points in the last three games combined. Yeah. It's thoughts. Okay. Uh, um, Texas State better hope that uh, Ishmati's healthy. <laughs> because uh, I, oh, by the way, this is a plug for a piece we just put out. We had uh, every question post, uh, one question for every FBS program heading into the rest of the season from me, Carter, and Craven. Um, my question was, is, is Mahdi actually the most important player of Texas State? Because every dip that they've had on offense comes with he, when he wasn't healthy or hasn't been as productive as he had been. And so I like TJ Finley. I do think he is the linchpin of this offense, but I think the most important player is going to be Mahdi and his game-breaking ability in the run game. I think he's still averaging like seven yards a carry. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think he might have the club coming off this week. Hopefully. Again, that it wasn't a surprise to me that the offense did not get going when their running back had a club. <laughs> he yeah, had that, like doesn't, that doesn't 50 help. yards on 13 carries. So... Uh, he's going to be the key to it legitimately. I think the defense is what it is. Um, they just need to come up with a turnover here and there um, and, and generate something because Gunnar Helm and those guys have uh, – Gunnar Helm, not Gunnar Helm. That's the Texas commit. Um, Gunnar Watson for Troy. Um, their quarterback has been dealing really, really well this season. Well, in the passing game, you said versus secondary is going to be a big matchup. But also, Troy's got two running backs averaging over six yards a carry. Yes. Kamani Vidal has 951 yards on the year. Damian Taylor also has you know around 200-ish, but over six yards a carry. So uh, it's not like they're slouches in the run game. Right. No. They're Troy tough. No, <laughs> they really are, um, which is crazy because like <sighs> – Uh, They're getting back to what Neil Brown, kind of how Neil Brown got the West Virginia job, which is just like this this team that they've always been kind of known for offense, but then you would just look up and it's like, oh, by the way, here's a DeMarcus Ware coming out. You know, like here's a here are these pass rushers or this defense that would just be able to wreck shop if they ever got them the same years they were able to produce an offense. And it seems to be one of those years. Gunnar Watson's a very uh, veteran quarterback, so. Yeah, I'm very nervous. I will also, I will also be on scene for this game. Um, so, yeah, I will be in attendance, and they're already trying to make this a, a pretty historic crowd after 27,000 showed up to ULM. You've been stoic this week in the office. You, you're walking around like a guy who knows how big of a game this is on Saturday. <laughs> I'm very calm. I'm very calm. Because, I've again, you haven't I've heard seen much this, from you. Huh? I haven't heard much from you. So. Yeah, it's just – He's been locked in, honestly. Yeah, I it's guess been so. – look, listen, it, it, I'm very cautiously optimistic. Um, I trust this coaching staff, but I also, you know, I've seen the weaknesses of this team and 
I've seen them compete against Louisiana, but also really struggle for three quarters against ULM. You know, so I'm very weighted right now. So what's Troy's the point? Re- what's the point where you go all in? Because you're like cautiously optimistic. You're like, oh, I don't like that Texas State's at three in the power pool. Like, when are you like all in? If they win this game, really, hundred percent. I mean, like, I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. Like, this is still like five and two. Awesome. But and you're guarding your heart. You're guarding your heart. I'm yes, hundred um, percent. And it's also like when that sixth win is achieved. When if when slash if. Uh, then it'll be like awesome. Then it's like everything else smooth sailing, right? Whether they make the conference title, don't host it, don't whatever. It's that sixth win. So it can come this week. It can get blown sixty to nothing. But win next week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, look, let's go. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's very guarded. I don't because I'm also like, it's not in that mode yet where I need to be bated breath. You know, it's not the stakes aren't that high yet. They're five and two. Like everything's really pretty up here right now. Yeah, right. So I'm trying not to take them higher because then that just makes the fall worse. But I'm also not down in the dumps about this team. I think this team's good. So mm-hmm. I'm very weighted about this. You've been even keeled for sure. Very even keeled. Again, that also, that also comes from like, you know, I was a B rider for this team. So like it is, unless I'm watching the game, like as a fan, it is hard for me to like sometimes analyze this and be like, they're going to the conference championship. Or we're, you know, going all in like that. Because uh, sometimes you do have to be like, well, actually that often that defensive line hasn't gotten a pass rush in a couple weeks. You know, thing you have to look at it. You're forced to look at it more analytically when you've covered it for uh, good and bad for a living. So, right. Yeah. So, um, but what's the spread? Let's do the. Pi- oh, sorry, I didn't hear the. Didn't do the picks. Mm, five and a half. Five and a half. Oh, Wait, which way? It's Troy. Troy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Troy favored by five and a half. Oh. Some people will call it a reverse jinx, but I'm just. I, I think Troy takes it. I'm gonna give him a touchdown. Okay. I think Texas State wins. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll stand on the, the table. Okay. I'll stand on the table for the fight and schmales. <laughs> I know my boys. They're off a bye week. Mm-hmm. They are off you a bye know, week. True. That's a this, yeah. yeah. That's a huge thing for them. We've had too. two weeks to prepare for this one. I think Troy. Well, I think Troy's also off a bye week. Um, oh shoot! <laughs> I just think the vibe. I think the vibes are too good in San Marcos right now. They are really the games good. at home too. It's homecoming. Like I just think I think they're gonna be filling themselves this week. They are really good. Yeah. I think you're picking Troy because you don't want to go all in just yet. Yeah. He's, so he's I'll be, I'm hesitant. I'll okay. do it. I'm wary. cautiously I'm wary. optimistic. I'm wary. I say a touch. It's. It's. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but I'll say a touchdown. I'll say. So. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Moving on to our next game of the week. Rice hosting at number 22, Tulane, this Saturday at 3 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN2. Tulane coming in as 11.5-point favorites, over under 54.5. Hoot, All right. hoot. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of hint. Carter, I don't, I don't know if you saw my question on the, on the FBS piece. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. What if – could Rice compete for uh, the AAC? That's what we have to start asking Bro. if they win this game. <laughs> if they win, the, I'm here's not the, ready here's to the say th- it yet. Here's the thing: I don't. I'm not either. It's literally the, that's that's what the piece. By the way, go check it out. That's what the piece is just asking. It proposes the question and why that's a possibility. Um, I'm not saying that UNT kind of gave the blueprint last week, but this two-lane secondary is a little soft. They exposed mm-hmm. them last. It's a week. little soft. Now, of course, that involved two-lane kind of. Not uh, North Texas making some good adjustments on defense to be able to hold Tulane more or less scoreless for most of the second mm-hmm. half. Um, that's one thing that we have yet to see from also from this Rice defense outside of last week where they had the game of their life. But we knew I, we've said UNT and Rice are going to catch some teams off guard this last couple these next couple weeks. They almost UNT almost did last week. Mm-hmm. They may in another game there this week. Is it Rice? 
It's the Rice's turn. Well, the Rice defense doesn't have to play with their hair on fire, but no, they just, need to be opportunistic. I literally, yeah. The, the so the question, the exact question I phrased in in the piece was, can Rice, if Rice's defense is average, yeah, <laughs> can they be average? Then and then break. is that enough to propel them to compete in the AAC? I think be. If JT Daniels is yeah. able to backpack the offense, and we'll see if he can do it versus Tulane secondary that kind of got exposed versus UNT. Like if he is, yeah. if he's the guy that can uh, elevate that entire team, which he has done up to this point, mm -hmm. then yes. But the other thing is, this Tulane team is a different caliber of opponent than Rice has faced in Very years true. Very true. like in conference USA, they didn't have a team like this. Mm -hmm. No, like this team is more closer to like a power five big 12 team than right. anything they played in conference USA. To be fair, they beat one of those already this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm, so, I'm, so again, I'm not disagreeing with you, right? By the way, I'm not saying like Tulane is like outside of Texas and whatever you think about Houston, Texas and Houston, they're by far the best team that they've, just, that they've seen. And it is going to, I mean, yes, it's still going to come down to JT Daniels. Um, and but yes, just one or two plays in this defense, right? Literally one An or interception two. interception or right, a fumble. What was the well, what was the fumble that swung the game against Tulane? Because uh, wasn't it end zone fumble by yeah. Michael yeah. Pratt? It, yes, right. Yes. He, they thought they were going to go up twenty one nothing or something, and it was swinging. Yep. They ended up getting a fumble, like a little something like that. Yeah, is going to go for is has to go this way for Rice. I think they got the confidence boost last week. Uh, th again, this is I've called it. I think Craven might have predicted in his four-on-one that you, he thinks UNT is going to upset one, a, a team in the next three weeks. Um, in, one, two, in that three. absolute gauntlet. Yes, run yes, yes. Um, I don't want to put a guarantee for Rice, but this is the stretch that they would. I think with Tulane, SMU, UTSA coming up, I think they can really catch one, maybe two of those off guard. Here's a worrying stat: uh, sure. Tulane has run for a hundred yards in ninety-two of their last ninety-six games. Yeah. And Rice can't defend the run. And Rice can't defend the run. <laughs> Rice is, I mean, look, they can't defend anything. Their secondary is bad. Their front four has been bad. Um, until last week. Again, that last, again, is it just too, Tulsa's bad? Probably. But also, yeah. they've been, they, their defense hasn't been able to stop bad teams either. So, I don't, I legitimately don't but know. But maybe that's the confidence game they needed to go into this game. That's what happened to UNT, too, when they played Temple and got all that sure. confidence yeah. when they played a really bad offense. That's true. That is very true. So, and then played really well for some. Uh, versus Tulane. Yeah, I, I do see a lot of Rice uh, people on social. They're trying to get their home attendance going. Mm -hmm. um, there is some steam behind the team, so mm, we'll see. Um, they'll get and free Tulane's, gummy worms. They'll get free gummy worms as well. Uh, by the way, yes, go check out Carter's <laughs> piece over yeah. uh, Daniel Domian, the, the Rice gummy worm guy who's a strength and conditioning intern, analyst. Yep. Intern? He's a student at Texas A&M right now, about yeah. to graduate December in nice. an internship course. Yeah, it's a really good breakdown over uh, the uh, the unusual but like kind of logical science behind. Like, there is some logical science to it. Yeah, sugar, I mean, just it, like sugars during working out and things yeah. like that, basically refueling uh, in yeah. a way. It's about um, those uh, glucose reserves. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, go check that out. Uh, and then, yes, Rice is giving away gummy worms to its first 1,000 fans or something like that. Uh, and then, of course, Tulane being not too far down the road should be a good crowd. So – um who do you think uh who's the better quarterback jt daniels or michael pratt i feel like they're pretty similar that's a, that this is such oh. a good qb duel i know because like they're very similar they're very similar and also like similarly they've played they've had a similar career as well like michael pratt's been okay like mm -hmm. he hasn't been a game breaking like last year was a lot of tajay spears for, yeah, for, right. for tulane 
but he's been reliable, similar to JT Daniels. He's been reliable, but this year they've both kind of been in their own way and their own in, in, within both offenses. I think Michael Pratt's been taking his game to a new level. So yeah. I think I, I I think I would go Pratt just for consistency's sake. His teams have been better, but I don't know. I'd go consistency Pratt, but upside talent JT Daniels sure I yeah, think raw so. talent yeah exactly yeah Pratt is on 70% completion this year 1100 yards passing 12 touchdowns two picks and so he, look dude, he's an efficiency and he's missed like two games too so he's on a, he's on an efficiency master class right but now what JT Daniels is doing with this rice oh offense sure is sure unbelievable. sure no 100% they are they are one of the last I think I put this stat out there too they're one of the last teams in rushing percentage like rushing plays they call I think they call 37% of their plays are rushing and then everything else is passing, and they're still top 40 in yards per play and points per drive. Like, wow. they are – it is all him. <laughs> yeah. What is, yeah, what is Rice's record without JT Daniels this year? You Ooh. know, that's probably, something you ask about when you're comparing probably winless. I don't know. Probably winless? Michael yeah. Pratt, JT Daniels. Oh, no, they beat Texas Southern. They beat Texas Southern. That's it. But that's the only team. Like, that's it by far. Yeah. So. All so, right. Yeah. Rice covers. Rice covers. Interesting. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Rice covers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I love it. All right, moving on to our final game of the week. Happening tonight, Sam Houston hosting UTEP in Conference USA After Dark Showdown. Kickoff at 7 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN2. Sam Houston coming in as three-and-a-half-point favorite. How? Over-under? Listen. Over-under, 36-and-a-half. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, I will tell you how. I know we've talked about how bad Sam's offense has been. Did you see that offense for UTEP against New Mexico State? I did. <laughs> oh, it was not good. Cade McCall. I, I mean, I texted Craven. I think I messaged Craven on Slack. I was like, are they just not are they just afraid to let Cade McConnell throw? You could like, see the coaches were did not trust him. Right. And if it's still him, which I've given I've seen no indication that Gavin Hardison's been practicing or what's been going on. Maybe we'll see some stuff before halftime or before kickoff. If it's still Cade McConnell, I'm I've said it. I know I've said it the past two weeks, but if it's still Cade McConnell, like for the first time ever, is Sam going to have the quarterback advantage in this game? But you can't. Okay, Cade McConnell is your four string quarterback. You can't play your four string quarterback and be like, oh, I don't trust him when there's two, no. the two other guys. No, exactly. Yeah. No, no, 100%. Play I, I one of the two other guys then. I think, I think the other thing was uh, Dana Demo put uh, after the game, he was like, yeah, I think he was pretty good and he handled himself well. And I was like, Dude. Handle what? No, I, was like, I looked at him I was like, what? Excuse look. me? Like, yes, he handled himself well for what you gave him, but you didn't yeah. give him much to work with. Look, they didn't give him much to work with. Uh, Cade McConnell, you know, he's he is not experienced. He's going to be better tonight, but that game was very tough. I mean, he was throwing guys, like, just out of bounds. 15 of 32, 179, 46% completion, sacked four times. Yeah. And, and again, a lot good. of and, – and those passes weren't, like – Part of it was Kelly Akari. They were like, hey, well, they got one receiver. Let's make sure he's not open. And so, like, Kelly Akari, I think, had, like, one catch maybe um, after his great game the week before. But everything else was just like, all right, keep it simple, keep it simple. And it was, like, almost detrimentally simple. It was like if he was completing a pass, like you mentioned, if he tried to go anything outside the hashes, it, was, it seemed like he sailed it. But also, like, everything they were calling was like, well, we're just going to keep it. You know, if it's third and eight, it's going to be a five-yard hitch or something. It was like, oh, this is very much – uh, training wheels a little bit, it felt like. And you know what? They're still going to beat Sam Houston tonight. You think so? Because that FIU game, I kid you not, I yeah. think it ended the year for you Sam Houston. So? I think that win, like not that not that game, that game you should have won, yeah. and it was so close you could taste it, yep. and you lost that game, and that for the team morale I think is too much to overcome mm. for the rest of the year now at 0-7. 
I think that was the game. It's so disappointing too because like they've played these teams so well this yeah, year, they and have, they they, have. Ha- they had such a bright upside, you know, for a while. They are not a bad football no, team. No, no, I've, they're not at no, all. No, they're really not. Um, but the problem is, once you stack seven losses together, it is so ingrained in your mind exactly. that you coach scared, you play scared, you pooch yeah. kick with eighty-four seconds left, yeah. you don't do the things that are required to win a game, and mm. it becomes a mindset over athleticism type deal. Yeah, I'm. I, I've think, s- I know I've said this the last three weeks, two weeks, but I do think this is the week. I, I do too. <laughs> no, I know. We, I don't. I know. No. I know. You guys we, are falling into it again. Here's the, th- <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's why I believe it mostly is because we can acknowledge that Sam Houston's 0 and 7, and we can all sit here and say this is a team that's pl- that's played better than its record, is, is better than its record. UTEP is 2 and 6, and they're probably worse than their record. I was just about to say that. Yeah. I yeah. They're probably worse than that. They beaten Incarnate Word and FIU both by the basically the same margin. Um, I t- we talk about them like they are zero and seven, and I, the thing is we're not like but we never bring up well they're actually two and six and they're actually it's like we're like no they're it's over like it, that the, for them yeah. and so I feel like to me you're right in terms of like that gets into a locker room, that kind of mentality where it's just like everything you've done worked for is just like gone wrong. And I get that does build up. Um, but to me, that's when, again, that's part of, and that's, that's going to be the challenge for Casey Keeler and this coaching staff is like, what do you tell these guys to play for? Right. At this one, it is pride right? at this point. You're not going to, obviously you weren't, you weren't going to a bowl anyway, but like, it is also like, you know, again, they know that they're, they're, there's no way that those guys are like, we're 0 and 7 and we're just trash. They're seeing like how close they are to this, yes. right? And so to me, if that's the that's the job of Casey Keeler and this staff is saying, again, yeah, you're not a lot of you seniors, you're not playing for next year, right? You're not playing to build. You're you're moving on after this. But is this like again, you want to end this going 0 and Winless. 10 or whatever? Like yeah. you you realize how close you are to getting knocking down this wall. And it's just like just just got. Sometimes you just got to push it through. And you're you're right. The coaching staff hasn't helped either when you pooch kick with you know a minute under a minute to go and they drive down and tie the game. But again, that's a challenge for this coaching staff to get that mindset out. Like sometimes you just gotta. The vibes are bad, but it's not. I don't feel like they're hopeless. Right. That's the one thing I don't get. Right. I don't see them being like, it's so over. We're never mm-hmm. doing because we we see the silver lining. We see what they're able to do well. We see the offense be able to throw the ball a little bit in the in conference. Running game is what it is. Um, but we see like the little kernels, and it's like every week there's like a new little thing that they're able to like do better. So if they had pulled out that FIU win, I'm taking Sam Houston to roll tonight. Sure, sure. sure. But that loss, I just feel like is so disheartening because like you want the win so bad, you want not to go winless so bad that you play your way into being winless and out of winning those games. Yeah. Because you just can't get out of your own way. You're not wrong, and it is something to. I mean, it is, it is going to be something to to monitor if they drop this game or even how they head into this game. Right? It's supposed to be. It's another midweek game. Remember, Craven keeps mentioning how they don't play a Saturday game, home game, till, till like November, next month. Yeah, right? oh. um, so I it's love gonna be it another. So much, I love it. I, I love midweek conference. I like watching it, but like if I'm a student there, I'm like, yo, I got class tomorrow, man. Give me a Saturday oh, yeah. to go yeah, like, to. Well, you know, well, like, let, me, let me just go to this football game right after class. Right, real it's like, quick. I got, like, <laughs> I got like midterms are coming up too, so it's like, yeah, yo, give me like give me a Saturday to do something. Um, that is true. Well, as, as a national as a national media figure, yes, I love it. But yes, as a student, as an alum, it's like. 
you know, you work in, you live in Houston. You don't want to drive to Huntsville to go to the game on a Wednesday. Right. You know, it's like, oh, uh, no, nah, I'm not doing that out that hour and a half, two hour drive back. So it's it's been weird home environments, too. So, like, it's I don't know. It, it is. It's almost like it's been its own season. Almost. It feels mm-hmm. like it's kind of like been a, a because it's been on weekdays. There's been like a, a separate season going on in like an alternate reality. It doesn't feel like it's college football. No, know, it, like, it, it feels it, like, like it's it feels like something else. Like, yeah. because, again, it's like. Every week, it's it was like the first. Uh, um, it, it felt that way with week zero. It feels like a week zero. Week zero, almost it does. like a week zero universe, where it's just like it's just going on over here. Mm-hmm. It's always on the week. USA you know, it's universe. always like recording. It's always tonight. You know, yeah. things like that. And it's like you look around Saturday. You're like, did Sam? He- All right, they played on Wednesday. You know, every time yeah. it happens. It's kind of a nice ramp up for me into the college football slate of the weekend, though. Mm-hmm. Like, That's I, fair. I, you know, you take off. You talk. We do the ROF podcast Sunday. Yeah. I kind of flush it Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, you know, reset, yeah. you know, my mind. And then I get to ease back in with a little Conference USA after dark. Yeah. And it's kind of like all the diabetes commercials yes. that you get. And then the video board just being the broadcast feed, too. It's its own yes. little quirky type deal. Yes. And then you're like, all right, I'm ready for football again for the rest right. of the week. 100%. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a national slash regional uh, consumer of the sport, yes, love it. As a student, that would, yeah, well, I, would I didn't even it. think I about that. Hate it. Students, yeah. that's tough. Yeah. Last thing on this game before we move on, real quickly. If Sam Houston does pull out the win, what are the vibes in UTEP? What's what's going on? What's up with Dan? Dan I think Dan we'll know something within the next week or so. <laughs> I feel like we'll know. That's not me reporting anything. I don't want to get that misconstrued. I feel like if they lose this game, things become very clear within like the next week or so. Not yeah. saying a move is made, but what things will become very clear where they're going in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the anxiety bowl. It's yeah. because anxiety if, Sam Houston, bowl. if Sam Houston loses – they probably do go winless. Like, this is probably the last best chance. Uh-huh. And then UTEP, if you lose this, it's like, where is your program going right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, yep, that's very it's true. total anxiety bull tonight on that Wednesday. That being said, yep. I'm with you, Mallory. Give me Sam. Correct. Give Let's me UTEP. <laughs> just not optimistic. <laughs> not that I'm rooting for Sam Houston over UTEP. I'm just picking them. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's switch into the wide zone here. Houston playing at Kansas State this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN two. Kansas State coming in as 17 point favorites. Ooh. The over under is 60 and a half. Bros, Kansas State is humming right now. They, <laughs> they are really going full are. Kansas State right yeah. now. Um, this is actually the most Kansas State year that Kansas State's had in a while. Yeah, yeah. I think Colin Klein like cried a little bit because he sees like him 2.0 and Avery Johnson. He's just like, oh my god, this guy who's just he just <laughs> he just runs this offense so perfectly, and he's just shedding tears as he as this as this kid gets like a six yard run. And he's like, oh, this is exactly like me. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Just. 10 passes a game right five rushing touchdowns and then it's like will howard they got the veteran leadership too but they got this kid who has some spunk behind it's 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 gonna uh, listen i think this is gonna be a bad day for houston (laughs) i think it is too too. because the loss against texas is so gut-wrenching and then you go from texas to playing this absolute wagon right now (laughs) kansas state oh yeah dj giddens is playing phenomenally too i think he's averaging what six yards a carry um listen as much as what Houston showed on defense last week, that was a lot of that had to do with their back end of their defense versus what Texas wasn't able to generate kind of in the passing game. They still weren't able to stop the run. And, <laughs> and guess what Kansas let me tell you something. to do? <laughs> let me tell you something. Pop on that Kansas State film <laughs> yeah. and watch that Texas Tech game and yes. how 
they're um, the de- Texas Tech's defensive linemen are just swallowed up. Or just watch, or just watch last week when they did the same to TCU, TCU right? Yep. Where it's like TCU. We didn't even talk about TCU's offense much in the recap to that game because we were like, what were they like? They had no shot because they were down like twenty-one nothing in an instant. Their yeah. defense had no shot against Kansas State, and so therefore their offense had no shot because all of a sudden they're chasing a game with a freshman. So it was like we gave them no. We didn't even talk about the offense because it was like. I don't know, man. You're down t- three touchdowns yeah. with a freshman. Like, what do you want to do? Look, there's a video circling around on X right now mm-hmm. of Cooper Beebe from Kansas State, the off the blind man, oh, saying, no. yes, I, do. Uh, I love when you crush a team's soul and realize they've quit. Like, we looked at TCU and they were laughing down 30. Oh. And that did happen. <laughs> that is, it's That's a bye brutal. week. And TCU's catching strays <laughs> right now. Like, Hey, what the? They're, <laughs> yeah. they're losing in their bye week. Uh, Real yeah, actually lost the bye week. Yeah, they, <laughs> they lost the bye week. The bye. Um, so I don't often like doing uh, speed analysis of a lot of teams because I feel like every player is more or less different. Like in terms of like the fast players are going to run like 22 miles an hour. Like this is how they are. Mm-hmm. But like it is interesting to see what kind of players when you don't think of them as like burners necessarily. Mm-hmm. You think of them as good runners and athletic, but not necessarily burners or the speedsters. Avery Johnson, according to Real Analytics, hit a speed of twenty point three last week on a thirty yard run. It's crazy because he doesn't look that fast. He's not. Yeah, he's such a strider. He's such a strider. It looks effortless, and it's like, oh my. And again, uh, this is the thing with this. This is how their system works in terms of two quarterbacks. You know they're running the ball with him, and it just doesn't matter. Like the 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 thirty yard run is just a power sweep. There's Mm -hmm. no one in the backfield. He just takes the ball and goes, and he just hits the hole and boom, thirty yards. And you're like. That's against FBS players as a freshman. He's awesome. So he also yeah. looks like the fourth Hanson brother. Oh, he looks phenomenal. He's gonna play. He's gonna play like Thor's like younger self in the next <laughs> yeah. Marvel movie. So he looks like he looks like Thor Ragnarok's like younger son, <laughs> or like the next Thor coming in. Hundred percent. So yeah. Uh, sorry, Houston. This is uh, turned into a Kansas State podcast there for a minute because I just don't think there's any way. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I think Houston's going in the right direction, yes. but I just think they're running into a buzzsaw right yeah, now. Kansas State's looking like what we thought they would at the beginning of the year. Do you take Kansas State to cover? So, yeah. 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 I think I will. That's yes. a lot. That's a lot. That's but a little, it's. It, yeah. I think I will take it still. Yeah. Whew, tough one. All right, another tough one. Let's move on. Texas A&M hosting South Carolina this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN. Texas A&M coming in as 14-point favorites. The over-under set at 54 and a half. Dude, you talk about anxiety bowl. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> so, uh, yes, so so this I one. I ain't falling for that spread. <laughs> what was the spread again? Texas A&M 14 and a half. Yeah, nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. I don't think I'm so. I'm not getting trapped in that. Um, Spencer Rattler. It's Spencer Rattler show. You're right. I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying that there he can't put on a show, but he can put on a show for either team, <laughs> right? That's, That's kind of the thing with Spencer Rattler, is that he could throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but there could be three picks three to go picks. with that too. <laughs> um, I don't want. I don't know how much to take from last week's game against Missouri. Obviously, Missouri looks really good. So, like, I don't want to say like, well, they lost last week, so they're therefore they're not good. You know, they. I, I do think they've taken a step back this year. Um, but this game is going to be a lot on Spencer Rattler's shoulders. He's going to be the, their defense is not good and they can't run the ball. He's going to be the MVP no matter what. It's a, it just <laughs> depends on if it's South Carolina or Texas A and M. And I was about <laughs> to say that's why I think A and M will cover in this one is because. As bad as AM's defense has been whenever you've been able to get past them, I don't think they're going to let Spencer Rattler breathe or 
have time to make the correct decision. I think they're going to force him to press a little bit, and that's all they need. I'm not saying the offense is going to light him up, but I think we could see a similar-ish 28-10 to 10 type score. I agree, but Texas A&M secondary has been kind of shaky, and it has. It has. South Carolina's got a wide receiver, Xavier Leggett, who's six foot three, two hundred twenty-seven pounds, has like seven hundred receiving yards. The next guy has two hundred. Uh, that could be an issue. It could. It could. I mean, if you're a receiver, as uh, as Alabama saw with a uh, uh, was it Luther Burton? No, Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton. Luther Burton's at a uh, uh, Missouri. Missouri. Uh, Jermaine Burton. If you're just looking for a receiver to break out, and M's the team you want to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, mm, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm still gonna lean A and M, but the we everybody here knows the X factor, and it's the guy playing quarterback, not for Texas A and M. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It right. just depends on what type of game. Can we get a Rattler. good get? Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to look up their numbers and like see where he kind of coincides. So he is honestly it's kind of weird like the more he the more passes he's thrown the not necessarily the better they've done which is probably cuz say enough. Yeah. Um, what's it, what's the ratio? What's the turnover ratio? Ooh, let me see. So he has I I on saw, the year it's like 11 and 5. He has 11 and 5 right now. Yes. Okay. And so not bad, but he also he also has taken 29 sacks this year. Oh man. And well, that doesn't <laughs> say if there's much. one thing about A&M, they love to get after uh, the quarterback. They sure do. Yeah. yeah. They did to Peyton Thorne in Auburn. Yeah, he's been he's only throw, he's only not thrown a pick in one game this year, but he's only had one multi pick game, which was Georgia. Okay, well that's so. Are we due, or has he turned it around? I right. think <laughs> I think Texas A and M wins twenty one to thirteen, and Spencer Rattler takes eight sacks. That's fair. You know what? I will say this: we haven't had an A and M game where like they win and nobody's happy. We haven't yeah. had that type of game this year yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be like. The weakest win, yes. I think. This I is going like to be like, like they win and everyone's still like, ew. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a staple of like A&M seasons where you have like one or two games where they win and you're like, well, I didn't, oh, what's the meme? It's like, I didn't like any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I feel like we're due for that type of game. The mid-October, late October, early November. Right, last year was the Miami game, uh, 2021. I think it was like... I think it was like the uh, the uh, Colorado game where it was like ten to seven. You're just like, what? Yeah. You're like, what am I watching? Gross. You know, but they're wins. But you can't, so you can't complain. But then you just like, eh. so I think we're due for that. I kind of, I like that. I'm still gonna pick them to cover, but I would not be shocked if this is the ugly one. Yeah. Oof. All right, <laughs> let's move on here to another ugly one. SMU hosting Tulsa oh. this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN. U SMU coming in as 20 and a half point favorites. Yeah. Over under is 57 and a half. I really have no doubts here. No, I do, this is the surest bet I think I've made, which yeah, you know, only knock on wood just for that. But uh, Carter did put out a good story over Preston Stone and uh, Jonathan McGill, uh, kind of their connection going back to Coppell Youth, youth football, youth football circuit, and kind of how they're the they're the the new leaders of kind of this era of SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is a comfortable walk for me. I think I would like to see. I don't know if we'll see it because again, they don't need to do that much to win this one. Probably, um, I would like to see something like last week. We saw a little bit of explosion, uh-huh. right? Um, P. Shiesty. Yeah, a little bit of P. Shiesty out there. Uh, honestly, <laughs> Did you probably, just come up with that on the spot? No, the SMU Twitter account tweeted that. Oh, God. It Listen, was like he ran for a touchdown. They were like, P. Shiesty. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I did a double take. I was like, was this like a, this this is like like a fan account? Hey, you can't, you can't steal that from Joe Burrow. Listen, Joe this Burrow year, is this year that thing's on so. loan right now. This yeah, year, that, <laughs> this year he can loan out that nickname for Correct. this year. <laughs> right. Until things turn around in Cincinnati. Right. Um, but it, was it like Maserati Marv? They're just trying to make it. Yeah. Maserati Marv. 
<laughs> I went back and listened because I was watching that game, a lot of that game on mute, uh, and I just could not remember. I was like, he was calling him what? And I looked back and watched some of the highlights. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, lot, oh, dude. it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can start doing that for P. Shiesty. <laughs> just start tweeting P. Look, Shiesty. there's a vacuum. There's The, the P. Shiesty crown has been abdicated by Joe Burrow this season, and there's okay, but, a fight to get it. <laughs> but it's not like they were calling him Maserati Marv. Gus Johnson made that up on the spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's why no, he we, went we into the game was like, we just, need to he just like it. thought of an alliteration on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, that's a and two then words shoved it down our throat. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. We need to pick game. a random player in in college football in Texas and just give him a nickname and just roll with it. Like we got to pick like like JT Daniels or something. We got to give him our own Chili nickname. Chandler Rogers, something like. Chili Chandler. Chili Chandler. Chili Chandler on a game-winning drive. Chili Chandler. Kind of like I Matty like Ice. that. I'm not a Kind of like Matty Ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. If they're in a game-winning drive, we'll get to this game in a bit, obviously, but if they're in a game-winning drive this weekend, you got to tweet out, Chili, nobody stops Chili Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I'm awful. joking. That, was, that sounds awful. <laughs> we, yeah, if we do stick, if we do bad. invent one, it has to be a good one. Yeah. If we do just let's come work up with shop it. after we turn the mics off. Workshop yes. second. By the way, this just, just to show you how much we think about this game. Uh, SMU should roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tulsa's been not good at all. So um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of that game, let's head to it. North Texas hosting Memphis for their homecoming game this Saturday at 2 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Memphis coming in as seven and a half point favorites. The over-under is 67 and a half. It is. Wow, uh, 67. It's North Texas's homecoming, but yep. it's also Seth Hennigan's homecoming. It is Seth Hennigan's homecoming. Correct. He might have his own section. Uh, he might. <laughs> his entire section. family. <laughs> um, listen, this Memphis team is, like, very confusing because I'm on one hand, I'm like, in their Memphis, so they're one of the staples of AAC. But also, I feel like the top of the conference has taken, like, a little bit of a step past them right Mm -hmm. and so I feel like they're in danger of kind of getting left in the middle this game could be potentially a game where they get one step back into the into the rest of the pool right I don't know because the game against Tulane I know they only lost by like 10 Mm -hmm. but a lot of that game I was like Tulane's on another level right now Mm-hmm. And I never felt confident. And I don't want to say Seth Hand's taking a step back, but I think he stagnated a little bit. He came on really hot as a freshman. Last year, I think he took a step, probably a little a small step down. And I feel like he's just kind of been fine ever since. And part of that is not on him. I know that there's been some questions. Um, Split Zone Duo has talked about it, like Ryan Silverfield's recruiting and things like that hasn't necessarily been up to snuff what Memphis is used to with like Jay Norvell and, and P- uh, uh, Justin Fuente. But I've seen enough from North Texas to be like, this team is gettable. Very gettable. The thing is that North Texas has to learn how to close out games. I was listening to Eric Morris's press conference, and he said it was the Tulane game was the third time this year they've had the ball with a chance to win the game and didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stat that worries me for this game is Memphis is fourth in the nation, allowing 27% conversion rate on third down. When they're on defense. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. North Texas is 111th in the Ooh. same stat. Yeah. Yeah, that's – It feels, get it feels like Memphis is the most vulnerable of this four-game gauntlet. Like yeah. you said, Ish, it's like they're in this no-man's land. They're in this own little bubble of, like, I think Tulane and SMU, SMU mm-hmm. are at the top of the conference, maybe UTSA. I was about to say, I put UTSA – right now I put them past Memphis. Right, and then, right and then it's a clear step down Memphis, and then it's like Rice and UNT yeah. at, mm-hmm. the, at the very middle of the conference. So it's like, do – North Texas, do you move into the 
echelon with Memphis, mm-hmm. or are you still going to be like fighting for a bowl win yeah. this year? Mallory, what are you thinking? I don't know. I think just looking at this Memphis team, I think they're they're pretty legit. They're two losses. You said Tulane by ten, and then they played a obviously now a really tough Missouri team, and they mm-hmm. only lost by like That's five or point. six. I just feel like yeah. this. And going back to last year's game too, because Memphis and North Texas played last year. It was such a weird game. I feel like it just went so back and forth. It was mm-hmm. like, remember Memphis took like an early lead, and then North Texas was able to catch back up, but then Memphis was able to take another lead or whatever and North mm. Texas just wasn't able to to keep up with that mm-hmm. I honestly feel like that's how this game is going to go too I think mem- maybe Memphis jumps out early just like Tulane did North Texas is able to catch back up but I think Memphis does score an extra touchdown or two where North Texas might not be able to catch up I think it goes very similar to to how we saw last year in that matchup I think I think one of the things that I, I think would would really signal obviously winning would signal a new change and all that but what was the biggest thing that ended up being kind of the death knell for Seth Luttrell was that non-conference games and then games against teams out he would eventually face in the conference right. con- in AAC. I think un- un- until you go back to, I think it was when they beat UTSA in Denton two years ago, mm-hmm. I think of the last game of the season. It was 2021. Right. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think they played five games against future eventual AAC and they only beat Rice, Right. They got slaughtered by SMU. You mentioned the Memphis game, and they lost both games against UTSA. Mm -hmm. And so I think that eventually was kind of like, is this the guy to help us go into this new conference where we're going to be facing these teams every single week? And, again, obviously a win would help that, and, yes, that's stating the obvious. But, like, I do think this is a big week because this is the first time – I mean, I know they played Tulane last week, but this is the first time that you're facing a team last year where you're saying, well, we're going to be playing those guys next year. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, how do we match up, right? And you mentioned it, homecoming too. That's another added factor. It's going to be – it's going to be their best crowd probably they've had in a while, maybe since the Cal game. Um, what time is it? What time is this one? 2 p.m. 2 p.m., so like a decent kickoff time. Like it's not going to be an 11, right? Mm-hmm. Mallory's going to um, be there, right? I sure will be. Yeah, so there Call. you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Again. But as a fan, yeah. don't expect updates. <laughs> She's as like, don't fan. follow my Twitter for updates. No. Um, the student section is going to be warring with Seth Hennigan's section <laughs> <laughs> next to each other. Oh, the Seth gosh. Hennigan fan section, all from Denton Ryan. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be a massive game just to showcase what the program's headed towards. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I think UNT covers. I'm going to say that. Okay. I'm going to say that. Wait, what was the spread again? I'm so bad half. to remember. Memphis seven and a half. Ooh, that's kind of tight. Ooh, seven and a half, actually. I thought it was double digits. Mm-mm. I think I'm taking Memphis to cover. Memphis covers oh, slightly. I'm going to say You're 10. You're going to the game. I'm going to say Memphis covers. But <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say but I can still think they're going <laughs> to lose. <laughs> I'm going to say 10. I'm going to say by 10. Yeah, I, that feels pr- that feels right. I yeah, think. I think Memphis covers, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Accusing her. Jeez. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Baylor hosting Iowa State this Saturday Ooh. at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on Big 12 Network or ESPN+. Plus. Iowa State coming in as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, God. The over-under is 47-and-a-half. Yeah. Um, I'm sh- Fun. I'm, I'll just take I'm, – I'm taking Iowa State. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that first of all. I don't know what to think of this Iowa State. Apparently – I mean, their quarterback looks pretty good. Like, I know they had their whole, like, gambling scenario, but, like, this Rocco Beck guy <laughs> – actually looks pretty good for a freshman yeah. so like i think he's actually pretty solid uh a year ago if you would have asked me oh yeah dave aranda gets a week to prepare for a freshman quarterback yeah give me baylor but i was like i don't what what gives me confidence that they can stop him mm-hmm. um he's not exactly lighting the field up but he's just showing enough stuff to where i feel confident in iowa state so i think they're on a 
they've won three out of the last four. They don't look as bad as they I thought they'd be this year. So well, that's them, Iowa State and Oklahoma State. It was like, how are you guys this good? That's true. Because both of those teams had the worst vibes going into the uh-huh. season. Yeah, like. Oklahoma State had Spencer Sanders, who probably could have gotten a statue, just transferred to be a backup yeah. somewhere else. Like they had a mass exodus from their program. Iowa State, like, yeah. is in the clink now with yeah. gambling yep. before they go into the season. I will say, Oklahoma State did the whole strategy of we got to play seven quarterbacks, but then play the one that we played at the beginning, and then we'll be good. <laughs> I just have that's what happened. Alan Bowman started that's literally the, what happened. Alan Bowman started the year. Then they played Garrett Rangel. Then they played Gunnar Gundy, and then it's just been Alan Bowman, and they've well, been fine. <laughs> Mike Mike Gundy had to see what type of quarterback his son was. He yeah, just had to make sure. He was true. like, actually, never mind. <laughs> He's like, I, never, <laughs> never mind. Has a has Baylor won a home game yet? No, nope. I don't think, I think so. so either. I don't think so either. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean they had their winnable game against, unfortunately, against Tech. <laughs> no, no, they beat Long Island at home. They did. Okay, well, there was there's a game where everybody was like, well, that wasn't any. That was, there we <laughs> no, go. Yeah, there that's was one it, game in the it. state that uh, they won, Dude. and they were like, yeah, nobody was happy about <laughs> no. that. And and it was like thirty-one to ten. And it was like, like what? It was like thirty-one ten, and Baylor Twitter was falling apart. <laughs> I know. I think it's had like didn't Long Island have like a goal line stop or something against them? It was like, oh god. It was kind that? of close there for a second. Yeah. Well, because what happened is it, it was like sixteen to seven, and yeah. then they went into a four hour rain delay. That's awesome. And I tweeted, I was like, Baylor's gonna have fourteen people in the stands <laughs> yeah. when this gets back kicked uh-huh. off. Yeah. So what we're trying to say is, uh, Iowa State comfortably. I think. I, I think. think so they, I mean, they the cover. spread the the spread being that low is honestly very surprising. I think it's like. a at least a touchdown. At yeah. least. Yeah, I think so too. Ooh, I don't. I kind of want to take Baylor. <laughs> I kind of want to lean back into Baylor. <laughs> Look, they tried to spit up last week. I would love to expect that uh, that kind of continues the good vibes going, but they tried so hard to they lose last really week. They really did. They really we were, did. We were on. I was on my phone following that game, and I turned it off because I was like, "Oh, they're up pretty comfortably right now." And then I turned it back, and I was like, "Ooh, ish." They're trying to literally give this game away. It's <laughs> yeah. a three-point game now. So. Yeah, I just don't think Baylor's able to move the ball. The one, like I mentioned. Rocco Becht at quarterback, but like Iowa State's defense is still Iowa State good. Yeah. And that's where I think Baylor's not gonna be able to do anything. This could be like seventeen to three for all I know. The wide zone versus Iowa State <sighs> defense. It's gonna be tough. It's it's gonna be yeah, no, 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 no. Just <laughs> just no. <laughs> just, just no. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Texas, number eight, Texas hosting BYU this Saturday yes. at two thirty PM can watch it on ABC Texas coming in as a whopping 17 and a half point favorite the over-under is 51 and a half can Malik Murphy get it done yeah let's talk about the obvious uh Quinn Ewers I believe the exact status is week to week right from Mm -hmm. from Sark probably Um, gonna be more like three weeks though probably yeah yeah from everything looking like week to week for a month right (laughs) (laughs) um i did appreciate that he didn't say he didn't say day to day day to day i was like he's like no no it's a little bit longer (laughs) he's like he's he's like no it's not gonna be no 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 (laughs) um look i mean malik murphy came in against houston so like and, and all the talk was that he is the second guy right he is the backup guy so they're preparing. I know Arch Manning is taking snaps with the first team, but that's more of a preparation in case. Because dude, I don't, I don't. I'm just well. Here, so, here's the, here's I'm the, so worried. No, I, I am. I, here's the thing. I am too. But like, Malik Murphy is somebody who's battled injury since he's come out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was hurt. He didn't. One, he didn't get to play his senior year because uh, of COVID. He came out of high school, kind of nursing an injury. Didn't get really. Get, didn't get to play at all last year because he was having he's battling an injury as well. 
And I don't think I think it's smart to have. I know the rumors about Arch is like, oh, is this gonna be Arch's? I think it's legitimately smart to have him taking smart steps, snaps with the first team, because you just can't you can't have him go out there again. The spring game was what it was. I don't take too much credence from that, but what I did take from that is he's not quite ready, which is okay. Mm-hmm. He came from the equivalent of like three A in Louisiana, right? I still think he has all the tools, all the things to become great, but you also don't want to go out there with him not ready in case, yeah, Malik Murphy tweaks something. And yeah, just in case, right. like, he, I know he's not that type of runner. He's not a physical runner, despite what people may think. He's not a runner really at all. Um, but it's going to be a different offense. And I wonder, I just, I think it's smart on Sark to just have him ready to go just in case. Just that's in true. case. Now, You're making me feel better. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's the thing. Now, here's where I will raise your anxiety again. <laughs> what happens if... BYU with Keaton Slovis, 37-year-old Keaton Slovis, <laughs> goes out there in the opening drive, scores, Malik Murphy, three and out. What happens when Malik Murphy just fires a five-yard out, <laughs> ten yards over his receiver's head on his first pass? Yeah, that was the other thing. They didn't throw that much with him, but no. the, t- the passes they did throw last week were uh, kind of off. And again, sure, it, probably didn't ex- again, probably wasn't prepared to go in, right? But – a little concerning, right? I tell you, every incomplete pass they're going to show Arch Manning on the sideline. They, they will absolutely. ESPN has a mandate, <laughs> oh, <laughs> or huh. Fox or whoever has. This it's going to be in the pregame. It, like I'm, more, <laughs> oh, I'm getting yeah. pre-mad. I'm pre-mad right now. I'm so <laughs> mad about like watching the broadcast of this game. Yeah. And everyone's like, mm, five-star freshman, <laughs> like Arch Manning, is back yeah. there. It's going to happen. Um, every incomplete's just like painting on his face, standing right next to Sark. And that's where like Sark's I'm just go- shaking his head. Like. Exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that going into this game, I think that's what Sark's doing by playing Arch. He's like just in case, have this kid ready with yeah. some snaps. Right. And during the game, that is another thing. He's at the I was like he's at the mercy. He's not like he's going to make a decision for the fans, but like the fans and the environment have their own perception of things, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to, you know, like you mentioned, Malik Murphy goes 3 and out. Well, we saw Arch taking first team snaps. What's going on? You know, and it's like, oh, oh, here we go. And so that's what my question is. Is there a leash at all? Is it short mm-hmm. or is it long? As in, hey, we're it's 21 nothing BYU. We're not moving the offense. Boom, Arch goes in. Or is it, okay, we've had two three and outs. BYU's up 10-3, you know. Like I think it's 10, more along those lines. Right? So that's what I'm a little intrigued by. And also – the other big question, which is I'll let you kind of go from here. How much does Quinn Ewer's absence, whoever's at quarterback, how much does it matter? Like, like this is how, how big is this for this yeah. team? I think, it, I think it still is big. I think Quinn's gotten a little bit of flack for being kind of a game manager this year. And like, he hasn't been, Oh, he's not like super impressive. He's just got all these great guys around him. I think right. they're like Quinn's done exactly what he needed to do mm-hmm. this year. He's had a really solid season. I do think he has like, a calm demeanor about him to where like he's able to maintain everyone's like nerves Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I feel like Malik Murphy coming in or a younger quarterback coming in, there's just going to be more like mistakes. Like there's going to be one to two mistakes Mm -hmm. in this game that might not matter because BYU is not the caliber of team that Texas is. But like if they play Kansas state in a couple weeks without Quinn Ewers, then that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see this because I'm a Malik Murphy believer. Right, I do see a lot of Texas media. I do see them doing their their Malik Murphy, uh, kind of like, 
I don't want to say recaps or like PR tour. That's kind of a pejorative, but I do say, I do see them seeing like this guy's improved a lot. Like we do, we have seen a different person. He had a chance to transfer and he didn't. And like, this is his chance. So like, I do see kind of like the media wise, like, getting behind it, oh, there's they're the, plugged the guy yeah. the people who are plugged in are yes. malik murphy people yes and like everything i've heard about him is like they want him to succeed mm-hmm. like everybody like literally players staff people who've covered him like they believe in him and they really do think he's like genuinely really good and genuinely really good teammates so i'll say this if it comes from the, if, the national media is like I was about to say, it's gonna be the outside that's gonna be pushing the arch manning thing because yeah, again views the people yeah 100 percent they're gonna get views <laughs> and the people who are plugged in again i don't they saw the spring game and it's like it's he's just there is a level that i don't know how much in six months is gonna change yeah mm-hmm. right now so again give him an off season sure he's probably gonna be the quarterback that people thought but right now at this moment yeah, put the guy that's been there for multiple years and was your chosen quarterback at one point, mm-hmm. right? Uh, before you even knew you had Quinn Ewers coming back, like was chosen to lead your program. So figure it out. All right. Let's close it out with a meh. UTSA <laughs> hosting East Carolina this Ooh. Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. UTSA coming in as 19-point favorites Woo! over under 47.5. Yeah. East Carolina's bad. Yeah. UTSA is good. That's they about look it. to be turning the corner. I mean, they yeah. really do. Um, everything they they're healthier. One, right? They look healthier. Except for Jeff Trailer. Except for Jeff, who injured his. Ooh, yeah, what was that? One. It was like a mouse one. trap. It thing? was. Yeah, he uh, he put out a bunch of mouse traps around the locker room with, with, with it, to remind his players to not eat take the cheese. Wait, not, really? Oh, you don't know the story. Didn't, you didn't know. Didn't know that. Oh, so, yeah. So and then trailer. one of his players handed him one, and it. So trailer, yeah. So trailer, so trailer has he has a saying, and this goes back to again East Texas guy. Yes. Um, this goes back to last year where it's don't eat the cheese, and it's mm-hmm. a phrase, and it's it's basically trap games like this. Yes. Like, trap like your favorite. We're uh, and it definitely plays more in Conference USA where they're playing teams that they should absolutely roll every single week. Yeah. But uh, it started last year, I think, and it's a phrase where it's just like don't eat the cheese, like don't buy into the hype. Don't buy not don't get don't get trapped. And so apparently, yeah, he set up mouse traps all over and one of his players handed him one and it went off and on his finger. And he took it and it went off on his finger. And so Craven tweeted out the photo of his oh. busted finger. It got like national attention yeah. too. It hurt. it looks like it hurt. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hilarious that you put all the mouse traps there and then you got caught in one. And then you, yeah, exactly. It's oh. like when Jalen Hurts used to talk about the rat poison accidentally eating the pill. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, I think it was. I don't know. If, did he set them or did just like the team set them? I thought Trailer did. Because uh, I think the original two was from JJ Perez saying players got rat traps out in their lockers. So like, I don't know if it was like he and the staff put them out That'd there. That'd be so funny. Or, if he like, didn't know they were there. I know, right? He, <laughs> literally, <laughs> he literally just got caught in a mousetrap. Uh, but no, apparently the the one part that is true is that somebody gave him one and it went off. So like, yeah. but I don't know who started it or whatever. Um, so is that is that like? foreshadowing yeah, to this I was weekend thinking. like i don't know <laughs> is mike houston's team about to come into the alamo dome and wreck shop <laughs> look i'm at least gonna take east carolina to cover <laughs> after that yeah i know <laughs> right exactly oh uh, yeah that's 19 points is too much when your coach right. got his finger snapped by that's a mouse trap. that's what i'm saying i don't know oh uh, it's feel like it's been it's only been like a week or so since they played at home but i feel like they've been oh that's because that was the last home game since like no september 15th okay that's why i feel like i haven't seen many highlights of them in the dome this year because they've only been there right, once in the point. past month yeah um that's why i think they roll it's just because they're gonna be happy to be back mm-hmm. um but yeah east carolina is not very good this year I think they've taken a step back as far as what Mike Keeson's been building, which has been something pretty solid. They bear, 
I just realized they barely snuck by Charlotte ten to seven last year, last week. Not, yeah, not good. no. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna take UTSA to cover, but that's not a good fellow. That's not a good hint towards what's coming. No, though. I'm taking East Carolina to cover. Okay then. All right. Uh, All right. What are you taking? I thought you were. I thought you were. I was about to say. I thought you were. I was about to say. I thought you were sounding like you were going with them. I don't know though because I just feel again like it's at home for the first time in a month. I, I think I'm changing my mind. You I think you <laughs> dropped the like. Is that oh. a bad omen? I was like, yes, I think so. And yeah, you're I, like, was, I don't what? think so. That's dumb. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. No, no, I don't know. I uh, I think I'm gonna take UTSA to cover. I'm sorry. All right. I'm gonna go. With they that. are clicking at the right time, they are. and it is uh, I've Frank never. Harris is healthy. I've, yeah, Frank Harris is healthy, and I've never had. We've never seen a Jeff Trailer team come out flat. No. Really haven't, unless there's been, like, injury or something behind it. So, right. uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do I do like that Jeff Trailer also uh, said it would have killed a lesser man. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> yeah, that was so hard. Literally, literally. <laughs> to the mousetrap, so. And then uh, yeah. two teams on bye weeks, Texas Tech and TCU. Loss. <laughs> TCU lost. TCU already lost week. the bye week, yeah. <laughs> Take the bye <laughs> plus yeah. <laughs> minus four. <laughs> um, yeah, two teams that need, need vibe rest. <laughs> They need vibe rest desperately. Uh, I think they play each other next week, right? Do they I think, really? that, I think that's correct. I think I looked that up on Sunday, and I think they play each other. Ooh, and so it's just like tasty. Talk like, about anxiety. I was about to say, there's yeah, an anxiety bowl right there. Seriously. That's a fun one. Um, all right. That'll do it, for, do it for us. Please watch UTEP and Sam tonight. Should be, legitimately, I'm very interested in that game, um, despite the anxiety and all that. I'm actually just interested in the matchup straight up. Uh, please follow, like, listen, uh, subscribe to every podcast that we do on the Republic of Football Network. Remember promo code DCTF. Where's my finger pointing? There it is right there. Uh, promo code DCTF for 15% off your first time order at homefieldapparel.com. Thanks to Homefield Apparel. Thanks for all of our shows on the Republic of Football and Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. And Rutgers, go Rutgers. Uh, they got to bowl eligibility, and that's all that matters going forward. Go Rutgers.